So, Pastor Tim asked me to, to talk on the faithfulness of God. And I love it because in our lives, we have seen him to be so faithful and so true and just always there for us. And, and I know, uh, you know, hearing testimonies, getting to know uh, people in the church, just how, how God has been a blessing in your lives and to hear the stories and, and hear how faithful he has been, it's always encouraging. So it, it's never, you know, it can never get boring hearing about how God comes through for people and hearing testimonies. So I'm going to share a little bit of a, a testimony that God has given us, but, but really, I want to focus on how, what faithfulness is. You know, faithfulness is a true, it, it's truth and unchanging foundation. And so I wasn't going to focus too much on the foundation side, and God just kept stirring that in me. Like, like no, it, it's, it's all about the foundation. And when you build a house, or some of the skyscrapers that they build now, the, the amount of work that they put into the foundation is insane. Like, how long it takes them to build the foundation of some things. Even when they were building, I remember the, the Silver Line, when they were building the, the Silver Line Metro, how long, like, it, it seemed like it was just forever and ever, some of those stations. And then, and then we, we had somebody come into the church that was a, a foreman at one of the job sites, and he said, you would not believe how deep those footings go for the, for the train stations and everything. And it's like the foundation is so vitally important. And if your foundation isn't, isn't on the solid rock, like, there, there will be problems, there will be trouble. So, so we're going to talk about foundation a little bit, but real, tr- truthfully, what I want to focus, is on, focus on primarily is the goodness of God and, and how throughout our lives we can, we can look back and see that he was, he was preparing us and he was, he was setting us up to be a success in life. So... Let's... let's man... That is so good. So, again, with foundation, if, if your foundation is off, and how many of you have seen a house or seen something, and, and it's funny, when Dave said automotive, I, I automatically thought, oh, that's a good illustration here. The foundation of a car, even, is so important. We, a lot of us move from Michigan, and in Michigan, they use salt constantly on the roads. And so the, the vehicles there rust out like crazy, the, the frame. So the, the car could look amazing on the outside. But then you get a mechanic who knows what he's doing. He's going to go up under there, look at the frame, and be like, no, this is, this is junk. <laughs> because, because literally that car could be falling apart from the inside out, and you never know it from looking on the outside. It's like it's got a good paint job. There might be a few rust bubbles or something like that poking through. If you see those rust bubbles, you run away. But, but because it's a, it's a sign of a deeper problem. But what about a foundation of a house? You know, we, we'll travel through, uh, through different areas as we go on ministry trips and everything. But, you know, we've, we've driven through the backwoods of Louisiana. And you're like, how is that house standing? Like, it's, it's tilted. It's like on stilts. And it really doesn't have a foundation other than a couple of cinder blocks. And you're like, man, what? I, I don't know like, that I would trust walking in that house. But, 
but the, again, the foundation is so important. So, so our foundation is on Jesus Christ. The blood that was shed for us. And God sent Jesus, and he said, from the foundation of the world, he had a plan for our lives. And I thought, you know, as I was studying, I, I, I thought of Paul, and I thought this was a perfect example. So in 2 Corinthians 1.17, and this is the NLT translation. I don't remember if we have that one or not. But um, I'm going to read this passage. It may take a second, but, but you'll see why I'm reading it. Uh, you may be asking why I changed my plan. So again, this is, this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. You may ask why I changed my plan. Do you think that I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes, but they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preached. And as God's ultimate yes, he, op- he always does what he says. Amen. He always does what he says. For God, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, and that's why we sang the song, yes and amen, ascends to the glory, uh, to, to God for his glory. Again, and through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. So again, stand firm, that firm foundation, that firm footing that we have in Christ. He has commissioned us and has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised to us. So again, that that final summary is God, again, he wanted us to have that firm foundation and he knew that, yes, Jesus came to pay the price his blood was shed for us, but he knew that we needed a helper. So he, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And if we try and go through life without the Holy Spirit, we're, we're going to be lacking. We're going to be lacking power. We're going to be lacking ability. And that's why, you know, the pastor always says, we're, we are, we're a church that is on the word, but full of the Holy Ghost. And, and that is our foundation. That is our our power charge that we go through life with is being full of the Holy Ghost. And, and we, we are, you know, not ashamed of that because that is our power source. <clears throat> so I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we've all met that one person in our life who you try and make plans with and they will never give a straight answer. You know, the, you, you like try and get them to commit, and they're like, oh, yeah, I should be able to do that. And then it never, it never comes to pass. So the Bible says that all men seek their own. All men are, are liars, but God is faithful and true. And not, not saying that all men are going to lie all the time. But we can never fully, completely trust in the word of man. Because men are, there, there are things that, that will happen in man's life where, you know, like Paul said, do you think I carelessly make these plans? No, like, like I, I have to listen to the Holy Ghost and do what he says. 
And sometimes we get in our flesh, we do it our own way, and then we're like, oh, shoot, I have to repent, turn around, and then I have to do it God's way. So a lot of times that's, that's where that can be, but, but then there's other times where, where you just, some people are just very non-committal, and they're like, you can't get a, a, a commitment. And, and honestly, when you're around people like that all the time, it can it can taint our view of how we view people and it can't even taint our view on how we view God. And a lot of people, if, if they've had a parent in their life that, that has been unfaithful or untrue to them or you know, just a, a parent that doesn't keep their word to the children, then the children can, can get that tainted view of God because a lot of times our, our view of God is shaped by our parents or authorities in our life. So we need to get back, and that's why it's so important to have the Word as our firm foundation. Our Word, the, the Word of God is our firm foundation. So we can also think of the faithfulness of God as our trust in Him. And we build our trust by, by looking back at testimonies in our lives where He has come through and where He has seen us, seen us through things and where He has been faithful. That's why it's always awesome to, to have a testimony to share with somebody because your testimony could bless somebody where they, where they are. You never know. And, and even, you know, some people think a testimony has to be this big, amazing, like, turnaround, life change for God. I, I remember uh, my, the, the Christian radio station that we had uh, in, in our area growing up, every, I think it was Saturday night, they would have this... this um, radio show that was testimonies like people sharing their testimonies it was somewhat dramatized and and I would always listen to those and it would just bless me because because it was like you know it was these people who had you know crazy lives they were alcoholic or or druggies and they would spend all their time in the clubs and then all of a sudden somebody told them about Jesus and there was a great turnaround and so I always thought man that's a that's a powerful testimony but then as I, as I grew up in the things of the Lord, it's like, how much more of a testimony, if you were raised in, in church, if you were raised in a Christian family, and you had that amazing spirit of faith passed down from generation to generation, how God had his hand on you and protected you from all the junk and the trials and the baggage that can come along with that life change turnaround testimony. So no matter where you're at in life, that testimony has power, and that testimony will speak to people how, how God kept you through and out of the junk. <clears throat> Second Timothy 2.13, and, and you know what? I was going over my, my message with Pastor yesterday, and he's like, he's like I, this, this is my favorite passage whenever I talk about the faithfulness of God, is if we are unfaithful, he always remains faithful. He cannot deny who he is. So that's so powerful. He will not, he cannot deny who he is. In the, in the TPT translation, if you're able to put it up, 2 Timothy 2.13, says, but even if we are faithless, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. Praise God. He never wavers. So he will never He'll never show up as being unfaithful. He will always be for the, there for us. 
His word is always true. So, Pastor, Pastor quite often, I, I know on Wednesday nights we went through a whole series of, of like praying the Ephesians prayers. And if, if you don't do that, it's, I encourage you, you know, pray the Ephesians prayers. Make them your own. And that's what, that's what really helped me is, is, you know, the Ephesians prayers, and, and a lot of people are like King James or New King James in, in the wording. They might fumble over it. So it's like when you're praying the, uh, the New Testament prayers, they are so powerful, and they're for the church. But what somebody encouraged me to do is take, find all the different translations that, that you love and that speak to you and that are, are like, you know, good translations. Take them all and make that prayer your own because that's, that's really the heart of, of what it is. And so I used to, I used to teach it a lot at our previous church, um, like the, it was a post-college age. And so I, I endeavored to do that. And I had a list of, of prayers that, um, you know, the, the Ephesians 1 prayer, the Ephesians 3 prayer, the Colossians prayer, and the Philippians prayer. And, and I just, I wrote them out and handed them out. And then I was shocked years later. I saw somebody had one. I think it was Frisbee's. They had it up on their refrigerator. I'm like, man, you still have that? Like, and, and they're like, oh, it was awesome because, because it, it helps bring it to light. And that's, that's, what the, that's actually what praying those prayers are all about is, is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So you get light in the scripture. And so when we, when we focus on the goodness, the faithfulness of God, and then we, we pray those Ephesians prayers for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in, in the knowledge of who he is. It, he comes even more alive and a more, more, more uh, we, our eyes are more open to who he is. And we see the intricacies of, of who he is in our life. And, and so praying the Ephesians prayers will actually help you see how God has been faithful all through your life. I encourage you, if, if that's not something that, that you do on a daily basis, you know, and, and I, so I'm, I'm one of those people that get hung up on small details. I'm not a, I'm not a mundane task sort of person. It's like, you give me a mundane task, I might stick to it for 15 minutes and then I'm on to something else. So, you know, I worked in a factory and pushed a button. I, I was a button pusher for, for years and years. I worked for my father-in-law. It was a blessing. I learned a whole lot while I was there. But I always had to be listening to something. So I'd, I'd do audio books. I'd do this. And then you know, I met Pastor Tim and made the mistake of asking, do you know of any good preachers that put their word online for, for free or something that I can download? And he turned me on to Keith Moore. And man, that guy has a library of teaching. I filled up an iPod with teaching, and I would listen, listen to teaching eight hours a day. It's like, you know, advanced Bible school where you're just in the Word for eight hours a day, pushing my button. I'm like taking notes and push my button and take notes. And it, man, <clears throat> so even looking back at that, God was faithful because he, he had somebody in my life to tell me about, about where I could find the Word and get it planted deep inside of me. Man, so I always love it, you know. I, I, love, I love the diversity of our congregation and, and how there, there's so many different ages, but I, I always laugh when he talks about, you know, 
he's got he's to talk to the young people. So, so uh, probably KJ is the youngest one in the room right now. You know, KJ and, and Joel. So everybody else, I'm sure, remembers rabbit ear antennas for their TV set, where you had to, like, have these antennas to pick up the, the TV station and, like, you'd, you'd, you'd be trying to watch your show and you had to make the adjustment and, like, it, it only works if you're holding it in this situation, you know, in this spot. So, so it's like you, you have to hold it there just to see your show. And, and it's like, man, so I always laugh when Pastor talks about that, but I totally get it. But KJ and Joel, do you know what rabbit ear antennas are for TVs? Probably, yeah. Okay, okay, they do. So, so I, I love this. I, when, I, when I first moved here, I worked in the office up in Sterling, Virginia, and, and, and um, I had a couple guys that were totally nerds, like total nerds. They, they're in a ham radio, shortwave radio, and, and one, one day he, he brought his whole setup into work with him, his, his ham radio. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, dude the ISS, the International Space Station, is flying over today. It's going to be right over us. And they're, they're beaming down this, this shortwave signal, this shortwave TV signal. And if you record that, they're actually sending down these pictures. I'm like, what? He's like, he's like yeah. And, and so as I was preparing this, I'm, I'm like trying to get my details accurate for those of you who may happen to be shortwave radio guys. But they actually, the, the radio signals, and, and if you are listening to it, you'd be like, what is this? This is a bunch of noise. Turn it off. So I looked it up, and, and I was showing Isabella this video. And she's like, no way. But they'll beam down this, these radio signals. And if you record that, you can actually play back that, that audio recording into a, it's called a decoder program on your computer. And as those noises are coming out, it's like lines of video or picture, a still image that the International Space Station beams down from outer space into it. But, but the reason I talk about that is if you don't know, how are you going to be able to pick up that signal? If you don't have the right equipment, how are you going to know what's being beamed down? Because even still, if, if I hadn't known, if, I hadn't, if he hadn't taught me, what in the world was going on with this, I'd, I'd be like, okay, that's a bunch of noise. Turn that off, because it was not pleasant to listen to. Um, <clears throat> but when, it, it's like the things of God. When you pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, all of a sudden your eyes are opened, and you're like, whoa, like the Holy Spirit just dropped something in my heart. And, and the Holy Spirit bears witness to that. And, and it's like, yeah, that's right. So just an easy example is, is during worship or uh, during the time of offering, and Dave said that about, about automotives, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit dropped something in my heart. And I was like, okay, yeah, like that's, that's a good example. Talk about the foundation of a car. I hadn't thought about that. I was just thinking like building foundations. But when, we need to be conscious and aware that the Holy Spirit, God is speaking to us. And the Holy Spirit is there bearing witness of the things that God is sharing to us in our hearts. So we have to, be, we have to learn to be sensitive. And, and again, when we look back, when we look back at those testimonies in our lives, we can see that He is faithful and true. <clears throat> so, 
when we, when we realize that God is beaming something down, when we realize that there's a message there, man, we lay hold of that. We grab hold of that. And, and that's where, you know, the, the spirit of faith will, will lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Mark eleven twenty two. You know, that's one of the, one of the foundation scriptures that, that Kenneth Hagin got that really rose him out of the, bed of, uh, the deathbed is he laid hold of the faithfulness of God. He, he spoke to the mountain. And he, he believed that those things that he said would come to pass. And so when we lay hold of the faithfulness of God, it's, it, it's going to give us a power charge because, because there's something there. There is something there for us. Hebrews 11.1, 1, and this is a Phillips translation. This is not a very common translation, but... But Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith means putting our full confidence in the things that we hope for. So he had a full, this friend of mine, he had a full confidence that the International Space Station was beaming down this, this information. He went out with an antenna. He had full confidence that it was coming, and so he was prepared. But, but faith, man, how much more? We have full confidence in the things we hope for. It means being certain of things that we do not see. So there's a lot of times that we don't see on the surface God working in our lives. But when we do, man, it's powerful. But we don't go by what we see or don't see. We go by the faithfulness. We go by the word of God and what he says. It was this kind of faith that won won their reputation of the saints of old. It is... It is, after all, only by faith that our minds accept as fact the whole, scheme, the whole scheme of time and space was created by God's command. So when you believe that the whole scheme of time and space was created at God's command, man, it helps you see life in a different perspective because you're like, okay, God spoke and light, light came that the world in which we see has come into being through the principles which are invisible. So God's words are invisible, but when he spoke, it brought them into reality. So that's exactly what faith is. Faith is believing in the unseen, believing that the, the word of God is true. So our faith in God actually begins with his faithfulness. When we, when we see that he was faithful, when we, when we realize that from the very foundation of the earth he had a plan for our life, there is something so powerful there. All right, so I, remember, I'm getting to an awesome testimony. I think it's awesome testimony because it's like it shaped so much of who I am in my life that, that it's really... It's really good. So, so we're going to get there. But I want to share a couple more scriptures. So Colossians 3, 12 through 14. And this is the, the Passion Translation. So you should have that. <clears throat> we are always and dearly loved by God. Amen. We are always loved and, and, and always dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with the virtues of God. So put on love. You know, that's... There's a, there's a song that my kids found years ago, Put on Love. So we robe ourselves 
with the virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Not, let's just stop there a second. Be, merci- be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. How many of you completely understand all the people in your lives? <clears throat> you know, so like, especially if you've been married for any extent of time, how many of you completely understand your spouse all of the time? So he, he charges us to be merciful as you endeavor to, be, to, to understand others. So obviously, we're going to have to learn how to be merciful in that. I love the promises of the word. They're, they're so, they can just bring so much joy. So be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in, the patient, in your patience for others. There's another one. Be unoffendable in your patience for others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those of the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault in someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each other, uh, through each of, of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So I read some of these scriptures to show like, okay, the faithfulness of God is these things that we can, that we can walk in. His mercy, His love, His compassion. So when we, when we find that we're not understanding or being merciful to those around us, all we have to do is ask God, God, give me, like, I know your love is poured in my heart by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5.5. 5. I know that. I'm having trouble walking in it right now. So, so God, show, show your faithfulness to me. Help me to walk in love. <clears throat> but he will. Uh, Ephesians 1.4. And in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes and unstained in a, uh, with an unstained innocence. So again, we see that this was, he had a plan for us. He had this from the very foundation of the world. Now, when you think about that before the world was even spoken to existence, that God saw your life and he saw the plan that he had for you, there's power there. Because Every other religion, every other, you know, philosophy is like all in the moment. It's all like, okay, I have to empty myself. I have to do this or it's, it's works and, and what I'm doing now. But when we look at back at the faithfulness of God, that from the very foundation of the world, he saw us and he saw the plan that he had for us. All right, so Leah and I, we're really, so we were, we were some of the first people in our youth group to, to get married. And it was like, it was like we, we had stuck in youth group a little bit longer than we should have. So it's like, you know, it wasn't high school anymore, but we weren't in college. So all of our friends were there. But, but then, you know, God 
God really dropped it in our hearts. You need to, like, this, this is who you're supposed to be married. So we're like, okay, we're not going to drag this out. We're, we're, we're going to get married. And so when we got married, I think there was only one other couple in, in youth group that had gotten married. And as soon as they did, disappeared. They were like, they're, they're never, never around. You know, they just, they didn't really fit in anymore. And so after we got married, we found ourselves in that same thing. We didn't, we didn't fit in anywhere, anymore because the friends that we hung around, it's like when, when everybody's trying to meet somebody to get married and then you're married, it's like you're, you don't always enjoy that, that situation. But yet at the same time, it's, it's important for, young, for married people to be around those single people so they can teach them and, and share with them. Anyway, we were in that weird stage of life where we didn't feel like we fit in. So we kind of like, you know, for quite a while, we stopped going to church on Sunday, Sundays because we would always go to youth group and then we didn't fit in there anymore. And so we didn't, we didn't really feel like we fit in in the big big service or adult service because we didn't know anybody there. And so it's like we, we kind of got to that point. And, and then when we had Isabella, Leah met somebody in, in the nursing mother's room and, and they, she invited us to a young marriage group. And so we really got involved in this young marriage group. But even still, that was like during the week. So it was, it was during weeknight. So we would go to that, but not really connect with anybody at church on Sunday. So, so we started watching every once in a while we'd watch church online and this was way back before church church online the online streaming was cool like this was like a long time yeah this had to be 2006 2007 so if you think church live streaming is something new it's not like like churches have been doing it for a long time but anyway so we were at home and we we're like, okay, let's watch, watch this church service. We, there was a guest speaker on uh, there that Sunday. And so we're like, okay, let's watch this. And man, that service really set, set us on a course that, that changed our lives. Because that pastor was talking about dedicating yourself to the Lord. And he said, he said in the Old Testament, Moses would anoint, he'd, he'd take the, the blood of sacrifice and anoint the right earlobe and the right thumb, and the right foot, the right toe, big toe, of, of the priests every year. And I was like, what is this? Like, like okay. So, so I went back and looked at it, but, but it was very significant because our words, the words that we speak are actually words that we, we learn by hearing. So when you anoint your ear, you're, you're anointing everything that comes in, in you and then out of you because you can't speak until you've learned to hear. So, so he was, it was very significant in the Jewish culture that, that the ear was anointed so that you could only hear the things that, that, that were uh, lovely and of good report. And then anointing your thumb was the work that you do. So the, the hand signifies work and the things that you do, and being anointed in the things that you, that you do. And anointing the, the toe is the places that you'll go. You know, everywhere you go, you carry that anointing of God in your life. So, so he, he, taught, he shared this whole message, and I just felt impressed in my spirit. I'm like, I'm like, we need to do this. 
Like, like for real. I'm, you know, it's a point of, point of action that, that I felt we need to take. So I went, I got some olive oil, put it in a bowl. I'm like, I'm like we're going to do this for real. And so I, I anointed her, and then I anointed myself. And man, to see from that point the things that God took us through, it's like, wow, God, God had an amazing plan for our life. So it was shortly after that that um, I met Pastor Tim. So he was on staff at our church, and, and I was always bothered every time I saw him because he had a camera out in the audience. He was, like, getting in people's faces. But it was, it was a large church, and, and it was like that, you know, you, you go down the aisles and you get people's reaction, things like that. It was... It was, you know, we had a television ministry at the church. So the, the goal of it was to bring people in the service and, and get that reaction. But I was like, man, who is this guy? Like, and then I got to, I'm, I met him and, and became friends with him. And it, I think it was just a couple years ago, we were talking, I was sharing about how, you know, I was watching this service and, and I think that that service where, where, Leah and I took that point of, of consecration and dedication to the next level where I actually anointed our, our ears and our thumbs and our feet. And he was like, when was that? I, and I told him, he said, he said, that is awesome. Because I was pushing really hard for the church to start live streaming about that same time. Like, like it was something powerful that... that I felt we needed to be doing is streaming out these services. And he's like, so to hear you say that that, that was like a starting point or a change in your life, I was like, man, God, you are so good. Like, like you sent somebody here from Tulsa, Oklahoma to, to Grand Rapids, Michigan to be a part of a TV ministry that, that understood the importance of live streaming because you know, you knew that I'd be watching a service online and I would consecrate my life to you. Like, like you start seeing all these steps that, that take place. It's like, man, God has a plan for, for our lives. Like, like even you watching right now and you're, you're hearing a testimony like that and you're watching on live stream, it's because, you know, we have a vision. We understand the, the, the power of technology and that, that this church is more than just here in in uh, the Crown Dance Studio in Fairfax. Like, we have people watching in Tunisia. We have people watching in, in like, all over different places in, in America. And not everybody is able to be here on a Sunday morning, so we want, we want that message to go out. So it's not just my testimony, but it's a testimony of, of what can bless other people who might be watching online, watching this later, hearing this later, and for you in the room. It was like God had a plan even back then. And then it gets even more powerful because, because that, that's, you know, Pastor Tim shared with me that he was, he was really pushing for the church to be able to live stream. But at that point, when we consecrated our lives, shortly after that, yeah, we met Pastor Tim. And I... I had felt a call in my heart to go to Bible school when I was a senior in high school. Or just out of just out of high school, I felt like like I was supposed to go to Bible school, and and so I'm praying about that, preparing for it, and I'm like, all right, let's go. And then all of a sudden, I gotta stop. Not now. And I'm like, wait, you told me to. 
I, I, I feel like you told me to do this, but now you're saying stop, don't go. And I'm like, I, I was so confused and didn't understand, but so I, I put the brakes on. I stayed back. I got a job working with some friends. And it was shortly after that that I met Leah, and we fell in love and got married. And I said, okay, now I know why I, was, why I wasn't supposed to go, because I, I would have missed that opportunity. <clears throat> but then when we got involved with this, in this mar- young marriage group, and, and uh, we had anointed ourselves or consecrated ourselves to, to the will of God, then God stirred something in our heart to, to go back and look at things that he had spoke to, our, spoke to us or, or you know, prompted us, like that uh, dreams that, that he may have put in your heart that we kind of forgot about or that put, we put on the back shelf. And so we all started doing that. One, one couple in that marriage group, it had been his lifelong dream, and he felt like it was a call of God to enlist in the Air Force. And so he, he enlisted in the Air Force. And he's still, as far as I know, he's still in the Air Force today and just, like, loving it and has a, has a testimony of, of God working in that area of his life. But then Leah and I took a weekend away and, and prayed, and we were terrified to talk to each other because it had been stirring in our, in our hearts since God kind of, like, said, take that time, think about dreams or or things that I've ta- told you that you may have put on the shelf, we both knew that we were supposed to go to Bible school. And we had two kids at the time, so Isabella and KJ, and we're like, we don't want to go to Bible school now. Like, we have a photography business, and, and God's doing all this. But we, we knew that that was God moving us into the next phase of life. And we were terrified. When we took a weekend away, we were driving, and, and we did not want to talk to each other because, because we're like, who's going to say it first? And finally, we, we started talking about it. And like, yeah, like, we're, we're supposed to go. So, so that thing that God had put in my heart in senior in high school, or just out of high school, he brought that back up again. And so, you know, I thought everybody in youth group was going to, to this Bible school. So, so like, when I, when I was planning, I was going to go there. And then when it came back around, I'm like, man, where are we supposed to go? Like, there's, back then there was only a couple Bible schools, so it was either like uh, Christopher Nations, Hillsong. Um, I knew a little bit about Rama, not so much, but but we started praying. I'm like, well, the only one I really like get excited about is is Hillsong because that's in Australia. That'd be cool. And I'm like, man, that's a big move with two two kids. And, uh, and, and so, again, you know, my story's all mixed up in, in timeline, but this was about the same time I had met Pastor Tim, and so he was sharing with me about, about Kenneth Hagin and Rama, and so he was like, well, you know, you should pray about it. Just do, do whatever you feel in your heart like God's, God's telling you. And he, he was teaching me a lot about, like, being led by the Spirit at that point and just our friendship. And he's like, I know, how about, how about if we do this? How about if we go down there and do a weekend? And I'll, we'll take you down. And as soon as we got down there, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is it. So it went from a friend or somebody that I didn't even know was there at the church getting service streaming out online so that I could be watching a service, sitting at home with my wife, 
dedicated my life to him and then uh, and then becoming friends with the same person and and him sharing like the the plan or or a plan that you could pray about going to bible school and getting into ministry and it's like all these details when i look back i'm like man this this did not happen by chance there's no way and then as as we grew in the things of the lord and start learning it's like there is a power in supernatural relationships, the, the relationships that God places in your life. And when you look back at those relationships, those friendships, those, those people that God places, like you can see his faithfulness and you can see his love. So it's more, it's more than just this moment. It's more than just you know, the, the people that you interact with on a daily basis. There could be somebody that God prompts you to pray for halfway around the world and, and you don't know why. It could be, it could be you know, a, a person in your life that, that has, you've lost contact with that God just drops it in your heart and you reach out to them and it's like, man, wow, it's important to reach out to those people and to, and to show the love of God. So God is faithful, and when we look at those testimonies in our lives, we can see how, how much did it take to get us to where we are now, and how much did he have planned, and how much, like, how great is his love for us, amen? <clears throat> amen. Well, as we close, close up, if that's something like, if, if God stirred in your heart to take that time, you can do that anywhere you want to, to really take, to, take some time to, to dedicate your life to the Lord. And, and you may be a believer, you may be a, a, a Christian, you may be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're like, man, I, I'm just kind of doing things on my own. It's powerful to just take time away and, and say, God, Okay, I've been doing things for my own, on my own, in my own way, in my own reasoning. I want to come back or I want to do things your way. And you, you, you take the extra step of dedication to the Lord. Or you could say, I don't even know, I don't even know who this God is, but I, I love the fact that, that he has been faithful in your life. You know, today can be your day to, to get to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's as simple as asking Him. The Bible says when we ask, He's got a perfect gift for our lives, and He will give us the Holy Spirit. We ask Him, He will give us the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but if, if that's you, I encourage you, take the time. Dedicate your life. You know, have, have that time of consecration and dedication. But if you're watching online and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity right now the Bible says that when we ask, he will give. And, and as you can see, God is a faithful God. And from the, from the foundation of time, from the foundation of the, this earth, he has a plan for our lives. So I want to take a moment, and you in the room, you can pray with me. I, I believe everybody here is a believer, but just if, if God is moving in your heart. If you realize you haven't truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, take a minute and let's just pray this prayer together. Say, oh God, I come to you in Jesus' name. 
I thank you that you sent Jesus for me. That you have a plan and a purpose for my life. That there's something greater that you have in store for me. God, I give you my life. I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I, I make you Lord of my life today. I look forward to living for you and the great adventure you bring me on. In Jesus' name, amen.